wisdom, stand upright, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. And to your spirit. Our readings from the Holy Gospel according to the Evangelist St. Luke. demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lightens from one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Glory to instructive to note that today as we celebrate one of the feasts of the Holy Mother of God, Theotokos, the bearer of God, that we talk about the kingdom of God. Truly, she was said to be the first one to accept Christ. And Christ dwelt inside of her. And the angels were amazed to see God contained in the womb of a human being. And so it was that we could say that the kingdom of God truly was inside of her because there was God inside of her hidden to the eye, but visible to the angels. Our gospel today touches on an area of Christian doctrine that's under great assault, this idea of the kingdom of God. We need to understand today what Jesus tells us about the kingdom. There's a heresy out there called the Chiliastic heresy, and it's taken root in the hearts and minds of many, if not most, who call themselves Christians, especially in the United States of America with all these free-thinking denominations that are out there. They've taken the kingdom of God and made it something different than what Jesus was speaking about clearly today. This idea of chiliasm, the idea of a thousand-year reign of Christ on earth, has entered even to the realm of entertainment, to TV and to media, the Left Behind series being very notable of that work. It was portrayed all the things that could happen when suddenly Christians are taken out, and then there's a seven-year tribulation period, and then there's a thousand-year literal reign of Christ. Our Orthodox Church is surrounded by these sectarian heresies that are out there, teaching us and confusing us, and speaking very loudly, I would say, about this heresy in a way that it leads us astray from what is clearly the teaching of Jesus Christ today in our Gospel. First of all, Jesus teaches us today that his kingdom is not, capital N-O-T, not of this world. It's something that's not visible to the human eye. It's visible only in its effects. You can't see the kingdom of God, but it's here. It's not temporal. It's not subject to time or to place. 
You cannot, like Jesus said, strictly speaking, observe it. You can't put it under scientific analysis and see the kingdom. And so when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God comes, he said to them, first of all, it's not going to come with observation. It cometh not with observation. They were expecting an earthly kingdom, one where the Messiah would reign and deliver the Jews from all the persecution and affliction of being under the Roman Empire. They wanted a king that was visible, they could touch, they could see, they could bow down before physically. And Jesus said to them, very importantly, the kingdom that you're looking for comes not with observation. It's not of this world. This is an important truth because it strikes right at the very heart of modern Chileism. This idea that there's going to be a thousand year literal reign of Christ. It's the same thing that Jesus thought the Jews and knew the Jews were looking for. They wanted a king right in front of them. But Jesus said the kingdom doesn't come with observation. It was just as true when he said that to the Jews as it is today when he speaks to the Chileists around us. That believe there's going to be a thousand year kingdom. It doesn't come with observation, he said. You can't go out and look at the kingdom. That's not what the kingdom's all about. Chileism comes from a problem that, of interpretation in Revelation. The book of Revelation has a chapter at the end, chapter 20, where it speaks of a thousand years. In that same place, it speaks of a tribulation period. Now, we've got a very good definition of seven years of tribulation from the book of Daniel. It's so specific, a matter of fact, that it breaks into two parts of 1290 and 1335 days. That's seven years. It's very specifically laid out that there will be a time of trouble. Jacob's troubles, Jacob's sorrows. It's referred to as a lot of things. That will happen. But the idea of a thousand years being a literal kingdom is a misinterpretation of that passage. The Orthodox Church takes the thousand years, as it's shown to be in many other places in scriptures, as a figurative statement for a long period of time. That thousand years to the Orthodox is now. The devil is bound now. He's going to be let loose, as it says in Revelation chapter 20, for a short time at the end before Jesus comes. That's known as the tribulation period. And at that time, at the end of that period, then Jesus will return for the second coming. That's it. One coming, incarnation. The Virgin Mary, the Theotokos, bore the Savior. The second coming, the end of the world, and judgment of all things. This is the Orthodox position. This chiliastic heresy is a very dangerous heresy. Why? Because it teaches Christians that they won't suffer. That's the exact opposite of the Christian world, the old things. We experience suffering. The history of the church is suffering. We read on every Sunday from the prologue the history of martyr after martyr after martyr. Very few Christians that were written about, that were great saints of the church, were not martyred. Even if it wasn't under death, they were persecuted for their belief. I would submit to you that when we become like Christ, we get persecuted. People don't understand it. They don't like it. This chiliastic heresy is part of a larger heresy called dispensational theology, which began in the 1830s with a man named Darby, and it promulgated through the Baptist churches in England and spread throughout the world till today. It captivates almost everyone out there that's not orthodox. It speaks of a fact that there's seven ages of time, beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden, that was broken that age of innocence. Then we went to the law, Moses. Then we went to the New Testament. We, we come to the time where after Christ is a different dispensation, the new gospel of Paul, which is against Jesus' gospel. And then they have the seven-year tribulation and the end of time, the thousand years, and then the end of time. 
all these ages with seven different gospels, seven different ways that man was accountable to God. That's false. There's always been one God. What pleases God has been the same from the beginning till the end. Our entire understanding of history is that there's one coming to Christ and a second coming for judgment. There's one gospel. It's Jesus' gospel revealed in different ways throughout history to be true. But different gospel, we don't know such a thing. We can say that the devil's bound now and he's going to be loosed. He's bound because the Holy Spirit's in the world. The Holy Spirit is restraining the evil of the devil. You, if you have the Holy Spirit, are a restraint to the devil and his work, both in your own life and in the life of everyone around you. This chiliastic heresy, this idea that the kingdom of God is observable, and that not only is it observable, that it'll be a thousand years long, is a very erroneous theory that leads people astray by the millions. Because it's attached to the larger heresies of dispensational theology, it's even more scary. Because people that believe in the chiliastic heresy and dispensational theology believe that all Christians are removed from this world before tribulation. They believe they're going to be delivered from the time of wrath and trouble. What we know from Christian experience, most recently in Russia, where 20 million people were killed for their belief, is that persecution, death, pain in this world go hand in hand with the testimony of Jesus Christ. If you believe the Chileastic heresy, you believe dispensational theology, you'll be led astray. You think that suffering isn't for you, you'll be removed from it. How false. And how discouraging will it be for millions upon millions that think that they'll never see pain? That's not what our faith is about, my brothers and sisters. Our pain is about transcending this world and getting beyond this world and getting beyond the pain of this life to the heavenly kingdom, which is not observable. Well, if you're waiting for an earthly king, if you're waiting for a physical kingdom, you're going to be disappointed. Because Jesus said, it's not observable. These eyes will not see. Well, secondly, Jesus teaches, and it's a compliment to this first idea, that the kingdom is not observable. He teaches that there's a complementary truth that is this. If the kingdom is invisible, it exists still, right? Where does it exist? It exists in your soul. It's a noetic kingdom. It's a place of the noose of the soul where God takes refuge in your soul and God takes up residence in your soul and God is inside of you. That's the kingdom. It's an internal reality. Jesus Christ spoke through the Apostle Paul and said that if you don't have God's spirit, you're not of his. In other words, a Christian is one who God dwells in. The kingdom is inside a Christian. You can't see it. You can't observe it. You can observe the effects of it. And so it is that Spirit of God, where the Spirit of God is, there is the kingdom. It's an eternal presence of the divine reality that is the kingdom of God. It's an invisible truth. God within you, immaterial, but real and alive. And so Jesus says, neither shall they say, lo, here, there it is over there, there's the kingdom. There it is in Jerusalem. It's not in Moscow. It's not in Constantinople. Certainly not in Washington, D.C. It's over there. You can't say that. He said, you can't say. Neither shall he say. He says, lo, it's there. Lo, it's here. Lo, it's somewhere else. For behold, he says, this great state. The kingdom of God is within you. That's where it is. It's starting right now. It's been around for a while. It's not just going to start after tribulation. It's there today. And it's in you if you possess it. It's within you. 
It's just like any other kingdom, though. Something about this kingdom is that we need to nourish it, and we need to defend this kingdom. I think too many of us take it for granted. Jesus is inside of you. Where do we take Jesus? What do we do with Jesus, then? Where do we go? What do we think? What do we watch? What do we see? What do we do? How do we defile ourselves? We're under assault. Not just from the bad doctrine, chili and dispensational theology, and easy believers and all the other things that are out there under the name of Christ. We're under assault from bad doctrine, yes, but we're also under assault from our own deceitful heart. Jeremiah said, the heart's deceitful and desperately wicked, he said. Who can know it? It tricks us. It makes us think that wrong is right and right is wrong. It leads us astray. We've got to defend the kingdom from sins, from diverse lusts, from deceitful distractions, and from entertainments, from world, from all its entanglements, and largely from the devil and from the demons that are unseen also. So many things to defend. The walls are under siege. Your kingdom inside of your heart is under siege every day. You've got to fight to preserve it. For the Lord said this. He said in another place in the book of Matthew, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Painful thought for all those that believe it's just a prayer and then live however you like. Heresy will lead you astray and will damn your soul. It's a serious thing, these doctrines. I used to think it wasn't so serious. I know better today. Well, your eternal life depends on how you treat this kingdom, this God-given kingdom, this presence of Christ in your life. It's invisible, but it's eternal. It always has been there, the kingdom. It always will be there. The question is whether it's in you as far as your soul is concerned. Thirdly, Jesus tells us something else about the kingdom. He tells his disciples that you're always going to desire my presence, my kingdom. You're going to want to see more of it. You're going to wish I was back with you, where it was there visible for you for a while, for a short while. He says, that kingdom, you're going to desire it all the time. So much, he says, there's going to come a desire to see the day of the Son of Man. You're not going to see him. You won't see me. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be invisible. Well, he also gives us encouragement that if we wait patiently and we're faithful and we defend our faith, that we're going to arrive suddenly and surely to the fullness of our desire, the kingdom of God. He wrote this and he said to his disciples, he said the days are going to come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the kingdom of the God, Son of Man. He said, you're not going to see it. You won't see it with your eyes. And then they're going to say to you, and listen to what he says. They're going to say in the last days, see here or see there. He says, go not after him nor follow after him. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part of the heaven shineth unto the other part of heaven, so also, so the son of, man, son of man be in his day. The second coming, when it comes, is not going to be secret. You're not going to have to wonder, oh, low here, low where? Where is it? You're not going to be asking. Well, no, there will be no person alive when Jesus returns in the second coming that's going to have to wonder, is he here or not? It's interesting how this chiliastic heresy and the idea of a, of, a, of a temporal, worldly kingdom affects our thinking. People, I've heard Christians say this, that how people are going to know the second coming's occurring is because they're going to see it on TV and that's worldwide now, so everybody can see it. That shows you where this kind of thinking leads. This absurdity of it that we could think that we're going to see Jesus come back on TV. That's how we're going to see him. <laughs> People believe that. You think I'm laughing? You're laughing? It's not funny. People believe this. 
They believe the kingdom is outward. They believe it's going to be something visible you're going to watch on TV. And you can turn it off if you don't like it. Well, I don't think that's, that's a very good idea to wait and see it on TV. You might miss it. The signal might not be good. Well, Jesus tells us in closing, he says that he's going to leave us. And he says he's going to suffer. He says he's going to suffer many things and be rejected. wonder if we think we're like Jesus. And we're going to suffer too, or that we think. We're not going to suffer. Jesus is going to just deliver you every time things get tough. He'll just pull you right out of it. Ill health, death even, persecution, famine, the sword. All of that's hit Christian people that God loves dearly. And they're in and going to be in his kingdom. It's all part and parcel of the Christian reality. That where the master is, there will be also his child. We'll suffer many things. I wish I could give you better news. I wish I could tell you and promise you like so many others of these churches that are out there, there's a bright future in this world for you and the flesh. That everything is going to be great. And when things get tough, Jesus is going to take you right out before it gets too bad. He's going to go through everything with you. But he doesn't always deliver you in this world. But if you're faithful, in, in light of the spiritual warnings that we're getting today about the kingdom, we need to be faithful, then we'll see the kingdom in its fullness and we'll see the king and we'll be where he is. In light of this whole idea of the kingdom of God being within you, how should we live? Well, I think it's pretty apparent. That we should be living like the kingdom is spiritual. It's not temporal. We've got to live more for the spirit than for the body. The spirit needs to control the body. The body's not evil. When the spirit tells it what to do, it's good. And it will be very good in the next life for us if we live with the spirit first. We're living for the next life more than this one. But my brothers and sisters, this is, I guess, the painful truth about being a Christian. Our path is one like Jesus'. It's one of self-denial. It's one of martyrdom. It's one of worldly, physical death, but with glorious resurrection behind. It's only for a moment. It's a world where there is death. Even of beloved saints of God, there's death. There is death. It's real. There's taking up the cross. There's suffering. Sometimes grueling suffering. Sometimes it goes on for years. I had a friend that was three years in a Russian Siberian prison with no heat. It's 50, 60 below. And all he had was a tin can to sleep on to get off the floor. He never denied Christ. He came out of it stronger in his faith. I wonder if we're like that. Just remember, the servant is not above the master. May God strengthen us in this battle. May God help us to preserve ourselves and present the kingdom within to him in its fullness when he comes. And when we're resurrected in our bodies and souls and we join for a glorious eternity with Christ. May we be strengthened. May we be focused on a kingdom that never passes away but there's never going to be seen with these eyes. Physically. There's not going to be a king sitting in Jerusalem on the throne. He's sitting on the heavenly Jerusalem which always was. Which always was his throne. Which could never end. Which can never be taken away. There's a kingdom where Christ rules forever and ever. That's where we want to be. Let's live like it in the body, be being controlled by the Spirit, and being prepared to follow Christ into this invisible kingdom deeper and deeper, day by day, as we live in this world and into eternity.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.